So Sage, if people wanted to find you, where can they do that? You can find me on balls. And wait, you can find me on balls. <laughs> Got him. Balls, balls, balls. Howdy and welcome to Gamerloop Radio. And today it's just the two of us. Two of us. <laughs> we can make it if we try. Sage, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's been a it's been a crazy week. Lots of stuff going on. We got E3 on the horizon. I'm a happy gamer right now. Sweet, sweet. And of course, your host, Jimmy Jamalama Ding Dong, your boy Neutron. <laughs> Guys, I practiced so hard on that one. <laughs> but yes, uh, we know it's been a while since you both, uh, since you heard us both on the same episode. Uh, we've been really busy with Game Loop Radio, bringing you guys different content, individual stuff. Uh, we brought in new hosts, right? Uh, we introduced uh, Remy. Uh, he covered our Diablo 4 segment. And if you're a nerd, <laughs> please give it a listen. That was a fantastic episode and was great for somebody like me who, while I played through Diablo 3, I didn't play through Diablo 1 or 2. And that really covers um, all of the lore leading up into Diablo 4. So fantastic episode by Remy. And our best pal from My Laughing Game, Silas, he actually did a review of none other Mass Effect Andromeda. Yes, <laughs> we gave it so much crap over the years. But he went back and did it. He finally did it. Yeah, and actually had some really good points uh, for somebody who may have avoided it like you and I did, uh, considering the the rough start that it had. But now it seems like it's worth maybe going back and playing. He discusses it further. So it's a, it's a great episode. Check that one out, too. And your buddy, your, your boy Sage, he also did a segment on Xbox Series X. And whether it's time to, you know, go in and purchase and join 4K gaming. Get your 4K gaming on. <laughs> and of course, you got me. I got you covered with Des your Destiny fix, you know, every month. So I'll, I'll continue doing that. And there's plenty of more coming in 2020. So I hope you're ready for it. And there's more surprises as well. Now that things are selling in for us at Gamer Loop Radio, we wanted to share in detail our gaming resolutions in 2020. And we'll also touch base on what new games are on the horizon. So first off, Sage, what are your gaming resolutions for this year? Dude, I've, I've thought about this a lot. I looked back at my long stretch of gaming and realized that I have been a big fan of a really small niche game list. And it's all looter shooter RPG, open world, MMORPG. And that kind of changed for me when I played this little game uh, called uh, I Love You, Colonel Sanders, that dating app. <laughs> it's totally an advertisement for KFC, but it ended up being a really good play. It's only an hour and a half long, but it was tons of fun. And I, I became Colonel Sanders waifu, and that was awesome. So um, because of the fun I had with a game that I wouldn't normally play, my resolution this year is to expand outward from my typical gaming routine and enjoy 
what other genres have to offer, which is like, it's a no brainer. Right. Mm. But I found that I don't have as much joy and sense of wonder exploring new MMORPGs or RPGs, you name it, anything that's good at storytelling. I don't know. It kind of feels old hat lately. And I think it's because I've just been in it for way too long. I need to branch out a bit. So uh, yeah, expand out enjoy new genres this year and uh, see what they have to offer. And then hopefully that'll a little breakaway will make the RPG looter shooters that I love that much better because I'm not just wearing them into the ground. It's funny you say that. I'm actually on the same boat. I mean, I've been playing destiny and destiny Two almost religiously. <laughs> I've put so many hours. I love the game. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think I do need to expand myself. And what better way than going to my backlog list of games? I have over 200 <laughs> games. I buy games that don't play them. What's wrong? That's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but you're no, not I... the only one guilty of that. I do the same thing. I've got 20, 30 games just sitting in the Steam launcher waiting to get played. And uh, just wasted. And they're so good, you know? These are games that people have raved about. So, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, I, I selected 12 games. Uh, made it kind of easy on myself. I picked four on the Switch, four on PS4, and four on PC. Um, I've kind of talked about it, about it on Discord and Twitter, uh, but I did select these games, and soon I will be selecting the order uh, that I will be playing them. I already beat Wolfenstein 2. The next up is uh, Octopath Traveler on the Switch. Uh, but I have plenty more. I mean, I have some big games in there. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That's a big one. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is another large game. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. So there's several long games in here kind of mixed in with shorter, you know, 10 to 20 hour games. I mean, so far, one per month. That's the plan. So we'll see how it goes. What have you wrapped up already? Uh, I did finish Wolfenstein 2 uh, this ah. in January. Uh in December, I finished Cuphead, but that, you know, that's, that's from the old list. Yeah. But still, you got it done. I got it done. How many from last year's list did you get done? Just Cuphead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Solid list. Yeah. Solid list. I like yeah. the plan. But on top of that, we wanted to share resolutions for Game Loop Radio. What do we, ex- what do we want to uh, accomplish this year? Cesar, is there anything that you wanted to share? With folks, I think the thing that I am most excited about with Gamerloop Radio and and by extension Gamerloop Network as a whole is the amazing talent that we're bringing in from our own community. Like we mentioned earlier, we have Remy from Bombshell Jackets and the Ninja Pancake Network. We have upcoming. This is really cool. The founders of Bombshell Jackets, the Division Podcast. Yeah. That Tanks and that lady, they're going to be doing an episode uh, really soon here for Gamer Loop Network. And then we've got this other content creator, Darth Aces. I think I think she's my waifu. <laughs> she's she's doing uh, a segment for us um, on Star Wars and uh, really excited about that. So I think this year for me, it's all about getting great people in to provide lots of samples of different styles of of providing content for our network at the same time bringing in people that may not be familiar or as familiar with content creation as we are so uh, this is also a stage for them to 
partner with people that are already creating content, learn from them, ask questions, but also put in what they're learning to practice. I'm surrounded by people that I admire and we're all doing what I love to do. So yeah, I'm most excited about that. It's great. Well, for me is to continue growing our community, right? We haven't mentioned this, but we do want to do community events, you know, get out there and play video games with you all. Uh, So, you know, be on the lookout. We'll be sharing some of that news uh, later this year. We've got other things going on this year, too. Uh, I would be remiss to to not mention, which would be we're going to E3. Did you guys know? Yeah, we're going to have a lot more information about that coming to you uh, in our Discord. If you're not a part of our Discord, this is a great opportunity to click the link in the description to get into our Discord. We will be posting our community events, all the upcoming material that we've got coming out for our community. Yeah, it's good. Not to mention some cool E3 stuff. And that may include some pretty cool Gamer Loop Network swag that we're going to be taking with us for giveaways at E3. So more info coming up. Lots to be excited about. Uh, Well, next up, let's talk about what games are coming out in 2020. What are you excited about? What is the community excited about? Uh, there is PSO a list. Two. Oh, there it is. <laughs> you guys heard it. And this man is playing it tomorrow. <laughs> I am. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, we have games coming up, such as uh, Doom Eternal. That comes out March 20th. That's going to be on all platforms. We have Animal Crossing New Horizons on the same date. Uh, Resident Evil 3 Remake. The Resident Evil 2 Remake did so well with folks uh, that... Uh, People are excited with what they're going to do with Resident Evil 3. Did you get a chance to play it or are interested at all? Uh, no, and neither, really. Uh, I didn't play the original Resident Evil series. I think I watched a friend play it. Um, but this year is all about expanding out into games I wouldn't normally play. So it's a possibility. Get some scary games in your life. Ooh, yeah. What about if you did them for October? Like did a spooky games for October? It's funny you mentioned that. I meant to do that last year and totally dropped the ball. So this year, yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a scary stream. And I I intend to also have a all right, we're gonna we're gonna have shots every time X, Y, or Z happens, and you will have a little kind of a like adult drinking stream too. Yeah. What, Sage? Drinking? I thought okay. you were family friendly. Come on now. So yeah, we're gonna do that. <laughs> Uh, another game that's coming out this year, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. So that's coming out April 10th. It will have a PS4 one-year exclusivity, uh, and they'll be available on Xbox. I'm not sure if it's coming out to PC, but I don't know. What do you think about these uh, you know, limited exclusivities? They've got to do it to stay alive. If there isn't a, a console exclusive, I can say in the past that I haven't purchased a console simply because it didn't have any good games or it didn't have Halo as as an exclusive or whatever. Uh, So it's important for brands as a whole. Am I a big fan of it? No. And that's simply because I'm on PC and I'm usually the one that has to wait for some of these exclusives. So um, I think for me, it's only a matter of a, a personal preference, but I'm glad consolers are getting it. You know, do your thing. I'll just be over here. Waiting. With my PC waiting. at 120 frames a second. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, another exclusive game. Uh, we are, we're getting The Last of Us Part 2 on May 29th, which I am definitely going to grab. I love the first one. And I, it t- actually took me, um, you know, several years after release to play it. 
I never had a PlayStation before until I got the PS4, so that was something new for me. We're also getting Ghost of Tsushima on the summer of this year on the PS4 and followed up with Cyberpunk 2077. That's September 17th. That's going to be on all platforms except for the Switch. Although I did hear something that they... Someone asked about that. Would they bring it to the Switch? And they would have to, you know, cut a lot of corners, you know, graphic-wise. It's a huge game. It's Switch. I want it to look pretty. I want it to look the best that it can be, and I want it to perform well and stay true to the spirit of what the developers had in mind. And it just seems like it would be a total shame for them to hack and slash it to make it work on, on, a, uh, on a console that probably won't, like, hugely pay off. For this particular kind of game. So I, but I don't know. That's just my opinion. Well, I'm going to get it on PC. So, I mean, maybe they, they have to wait a little bit longer. Maybe a year after its release. But Holla. Another game that uh, Sage is interested on. Watch Dogs Legion. Which we don't know when it's coming out. It's, you know, sometime between April of this year and March of next year. <laughs> so... We haven't heard really uh, anything about this game's release date. And there are a few other games that we haven't heard about. And people are still talking, though, about Watchdog Legion's uh, Granny Squad. Like, it, it's still a thing. People are still talking about this game, but the, the vacuum of info has, has been pretty staggering. We, we want some news. And also, can we talk about Skull of Bones and... Some of these other great games that we're still hoping there'll be information about. Yeah. Yeah. More. I mean, well, I think we're talking about that later, but yeah, I got lots of questions right now. But Sage, from that list, which ones are your top games? I've got four. Four of uh, the games I'm looking forward to the most in 2020. Number one has to be Fantasy Star Online 2 without question why because we talk about that all the time on my life in games and i'm sure our listeners over there are sick and tired of hearing it but uh fantasy star online the the og of mmorpgs was originally out on dreamcast that was a that was a base standard uh for those of you who don't know look it up do some research on pso2 but uh i haven't played that in what, 10 15 15 years 18 years uh it just so happens pso2 has been out so for seven years in Japan, and it's finally coming to North America. So we've got the beta happening tomorrow, which is awesome. But uh, yeah, look for more people to play PSO2. That's that's going to be my jam. My second game is Fantasy Star Online 2, uh, for all the reasons <laughs> I just talked about. Uh, my third game, that's going to also be PSO2, uh, because, man, all the reasons I already stated. But last and not least is Cyberpunk 2077. Oh man, it looks and sounds so good. And I, I totally support their reason for backing the game up a little bit longer. Make us wait. I think that's a, a great idea, but it really sucks that the devs got dev crunch right now, which is not good for game making. So my best to the devs and I'm looking forward to playing that game. Uh, well, for myself, I'm, I've been waiting for Doom Eternal. It's another game that got delayed. Um, you know, they the devs came out and told us, we want to make this the best Doom game ever, so give us a little bit more time. And it's coming out next month, so I'm excited for it. Uh, the next game that I'm super excited is The Last of Us Part 2. You know, it's a very heavy uh, story-driven game with some action. I mean, I, I love the first one, so I'm really excited to see what they what they bring for this for this second part. And same, Cyberpunk 
2077. I mean, just the universe that this is in, uh, what they've shown us so far, I'm intrigued and I can't wait to play it. They have mentioned that they're probably going to do something. It's going to come out as a single player, but they're looking into expanding into a online, you know, part of the game. So we'll see. We'll see if we can hear some news about that soon. There's also a list of games that we haven't heard anything about. We already mentioned one of them, which is Watch Dogs Legion. Um, there's also Gods and Monsters. Mm-hmm. I I kind of was interested in that game uh, last E3. There's Skull and Bones. I know yeah. Remy is waiting impatiently, but yeah, we haven't heard anything for a little bit. And it makes me nervous. Please don't cancel this game. And another game we haven't heard anything at all is Beyond Good and Evil 2. They're all games. All Ubisoft titles. All Ubisoft. You know, is there... I mean, all Ubisoft titles. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I don't know what's actually... I mean, have you heard anything? I, I can only say what I reported on. Uh, was it quarter three, quarter four? No, quarter three earning results yeah. came out last year, and we were kind of looking at that. D- Division two had like an honorable mention, but um, it seemed like it was it was a little soft in, in quarter three for them, although they had a couple of outstanding categories. So I think based on uh, a lot of what happened with Division two, it caused them to take a step back and say, hey, let's reevaluate our, our process. Let's reevaluate the amount of uh, uh, human power we've got in these projects. Maybe shuffle some things around. Let's make sure we do this right. Um, so I bet Division 2 had a bit to do with that. But uh, there's a, a couple other games that uh, may have had an influence in it. But it's not restricted just to Ubisoft, which is really interesting. So Cyberpunk 2077, same thing that's been pushed back and countless other games uh, we've reported on that have uh, been moved. So hopefully, I mean, we're not strangers to this in the least. It does seem to happen in uh, a short amount of time with a lot of developers, but I would like to hope really, really long-term far out that this is the beginning of hopefully some changes. They see that pumping out a, a game as quickly as you can even if you're implementing TechCrunch, now Ubisoft, as far as I know, is not known for this. Actually, uh, they were they were Ubisoft employees that were praising the company that um, that that wasn't uh, a, as big of an issue or not an issue with them. So that's great. But yeah, DevCrunch doesn't make for good games, so it always makes you nervous. But uh, in the long run, hopefully, it's the right decision to make, and then that'll allow them to make better games in the future. And I think the closer we get at E3. I think the more information we'll get out of Ubisoft. Um, so, I mean, that's that's when I expect us to hear something about these games. Yeah. Next up is one of our favorite segments of the show. Some news bites here and there. What's happening out there in the gaming community. Uh, and if if you haven't been paying attention, there's a new challenger approaching. NVIDIA's GeForce Now has left beta. And it will start at $5 a month for the service. It would also have a free option. Unlimited one-hour play sessions. So the way that works, you say you start playing a game on either your phone or a, a laptop or anything else, a browser. You play for an hour, and they tell you, your time's up. Get back in line. But you just have to wait and to play another hour. But if you want to play for six hours straight... That's what the uh, five-hour-a-month uh, option gives you. 
I mean, for those that, you know, if you're on travel a lot and you want to still play your PC games, this is probably a good option for you. Hmm. It's, it feels pretty niche, though. Yeah, I mean, the, the good thing is you don't have to buy games separately. You can actually connect all your existing games that you have on Steam, all the games that you have on uh, Epic, Epic, Battle.net, and Uplay. It's a travel. So it's basically a travel. So you can access games you already own and play them for a predetermined amount of time, depending on your subscription level. That That's cool. I, I can't think of a situation where I would need that because like if I travel, we go to E3, I've got my laptop. So if I want a game or anything, I'm I'm set to go. But yeah, this will that'll definitely help, a, I think, a very unique gamer in their situation. Yeah, I think for me, it might help. I don't have a gaming laptop. Not yet. So if I were to get it today, it would work for me if I'm, I'm traveling. I can't, I, you know, I don't take my Switch with me because I want to play something on the PC. You know, I can play on my phone with it or whenever I do travel, you know, down to Houston with the family and want to, you know, play a few, a few hours here and there. That might help, but it's going to be very limited. I mean, most of my game time is at home. Yeah, yeah. Interesting though, at the very least, it's an option for those who who may see some value in that. I just it's such a cheap price though. It's like five bucks, and then you get free block of an hour. I, it's hard to see where currently they're going to make money. That seems like a lot of infrastructure to set up, um, and a pretty niche base of gamers that they're pooling from. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens here in a few months after after implementation. Another service that is already out there for uh, cloud gaming is Google Stadia. The sad part is <laughs> that they have not, I mean, they've gone silent. I mean, the community itself, you know, I've, I've looked at the state, Google Stadia subreddit. They are, they are upset with the lack of communication from Google. I mean, it, it just feels like it's another Google project that they're just throwing money at and then just, you know, they might just cancel it in a year or two. Yeah. It, there's a lot of argument ab- around that right now in in the community. As some people for, some people against. I think one of the best comments uh, I read came from Paris of Gamertag Radio. And um, basic bottom line, hold them accountable to what they promised at launch. And uh, there were some Stadia users that were saying, well, it's it came out of beta and they're still working on it and all of that. And Paris is just right to the point. Look, they said that they would deliver at this time and they didn't. And there's been a lot of issues. I know uh, in our own community, Linux, Paul, he's been using the Stadia and loves it. But if you've taken a hint from his name, he's also using it via Linux. So maybe he's got a, a much different um, experience. But yeah, I think we should definitely hold them accountable. And it's this doesn't this doesn't make them look good not putting out more information or addressing the issues. At this point, it almost looks like they didn't uh, partner out with experts in the field, people that were on the cutting edge of this technology. Um, they had no long term plan, and they're just like, "Well, we're going to throw money at this like we did Google Glasses," <laughs> and. We're all wearing them now, obviously, so that worked out. I've just got a lot of questions, and uh, it upsets me to see somebody who's taking almost the role of a developer with their streaming service, and then 
have no accountability to it whatsoever. So I don't know. It's a it's a deep pool right now. Deep, deep pool. Yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be keeping an eye on what's happening with Google Stadia. But I'm, you know, better news. On some happier news for Neutron, PlayStation 5 website went live. So you can sign up and receive updates hopefully soon. There's rumors that we should have some information by the end of the month. Uh, I am really itching to find out what they're going to provide, what what new goodies the PlayStation will have. I mean, I, I plan, I'm excited for it. I'm thinking of purchasing one, but I really need to know what are they bringing to the table. Well, if they follow suit with the information they've already released, I would expect it's a picture of the packaging. See how I'm letting that simmer? <laughs> it burns. Sony, what are you up to? We want more info. Come on now. Be stingy. Gimme. And so hopefully we get something soon, man. There's another tidbit. Speaking of consoles and uh, cloud gaming, Xbox now sees Amazon and Google as main competitors. Isn't that interesting? What a slam to Sony. Xbox is like, we, we don't even see you anymore. We don't even see you. And then PlayStation is over there like crickets. I tried my no rebuttal whatsoever. So either way, it's like Sony's got something. Sony's got something so big in their hidden in their sleeve that they're totally confident in no reply and this lack of information, or they have no idea what is going on. <laughs> and both are really entertaining right now. So yeah, just the 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 Sony Xbox thing is just. It, to see the community blow up about it is crazy. Uh, so speaking of Xbox, we're still waiting on a price point as far as I, I know about uh, what the Xbox family of consoles is going to cost. And, you know, we've got a 4K model and then we've got an Xbox version that's going to come out that's going to be able to play all the latest games, but it's not 4K, uh, but you're still going to get higher FPS, which is really cool. I talk about that a lot more in my Xbox episode, but um, no clear view on what the price is going to be. And I was curious, Jimmy, what do you think? How much how much do you think a 4K gaming console is going to cost uh, this year, specifically Xbox? I have a gut feeling it's between 500, 600 bucks. You know, Xbox said that they learned a lesson with the pricing of the Xbox one. And I feel like that would be a huge mistake after they've already stated that they've learned the lesson from that. So if they go to 500, 600 bucks, I think there'll be a lot of angry people. I'm going to take a more conservative number. I'm going to say 449.99. Okay. That's, I mean, that's, uh, if that's the price, that's, that sounds like a good deal for 4k gaming. Right. Yeah. If you you don't have a powerful enough computer, you're not ready to upgrade yet. That's like a, a nice intermediary step. And I'm sure their flagship model with, you know, a much bigger hard drive or dual drives or RAID zero or whatever they decide to cram in there uh, will be more money. But I'm I'm betting on a base 4K model around 449. Yeah. And and they better uh, considering that they said they learned lessons from the pricing from before. So we'll stay tuned on that, too, and definitely update you as soon as we know what the price is. I do have something else I want to talk about real quick regarding 
something recently that happened with my NVIDIA 4K 60 Pro capture card. Um, I was having a strange screen blackout issue, and uh, I've been having it for some time when I was using 144 hertz uh, pass-through. Turns out that it was as quick as a, a button press or two to fix. It took a long time to find the, the right resource. But while I was searching for that resource to fix the issue, I discovered that Elgato came out with a 4K60 Pro Mark II model. And it's even cheaper. How cheap is it? Retail price right now via Amazon is $243. Way cheaper than what I purchased my Mark I for. Not only is it significantly smaller, it can record in HDR. It can tone map HDR to SDR video on, on the device, uh, should you be a person who really needs that. But this last one is a really good point uh, for those of you who may be particularly YouTubers who would like to record your video separately. Guess what? It offers multi-application access. For example, you can stream an OBS while recording in Elgato 4K Capture Utility, which means you're separating all of your video from what your stream is seeing, and then you can use that without any music over it or mic or your uh, overlay if you're using a green screen, if you're using a green screen or something like that, you're covered. And I think that alone is going to be worth it for a lot of folks on top of the fact that it is way cheaper than the Mark I. So yeah, check it out if you're in the market for an in-box uh, 4K capture card and uh, you've been eyeballing that Avermedia, which has been really, really popular lately, guess what? This might be the Avermedia killer right here. Yeah, that Mark II. Check it out. Awesome. Well, folks, that's it for today. So Sage, if people wanted to find you, where can they do that? You can find me on Balls. And wait... And you can find me on balls. <laughs> Got balls, him. Balls. Balls. <sighs> if the good people wanted to find me, you can do so on Twitter at Sage, And all of my links are there. And of course, you can follow the link in the description below and find us on Discord. And you can find me on Twitter as well at uh, jneutron89. And at Twitch at J Neutron. We would like to thank you for listening to this episode of Gamer Loop Radio. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so by following us on Twitter at Gamer Loop Radio or send us an email at gamerloopradio at gmail.com. You can find additional episodes of Gamer Loop Radio on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. Thank you for listening to our podcast. <laughs>